FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. But now you have two chickens. Right. Two chickens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me introduce you to my guests tonight. From Brought to you by Guts Racing, world champion and gold medalist, Connor Fields. What's up, bud? Hey, hey what's going on, son? Not much, man. Uh, just excited to get this thing going. Uh, Steve said I needed a little more excitement, so we're going to try to bring that tonight, which is why we brought our next guest, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, the one and only Randy Richardson. Oh, man, let's, let's, let's make this happen. Let's, uh, let's, let's get excited about it, for sure. Well, yeah, we need to. I mean, I've been excited. I don't know what Steve's talking about, because he has not bashed me the last couple of weeks. It's actually been, hey, the show's okay. I can live with okay. Is the most opinionated Canadian in the world who's always a five. It's always a five. <laughs> that's Why, true. Who is he to judge excitement, right? Exactly. That's actually excitement? true. So, yeah, it's a good point. I don't need to listen to him. Um, but we're here tonight to talk about episode 423 with Chris Kiefer and Andy Jefferson in studio. And, of course, on the phone, Dean Wilson, Anton, JT Money, and freaking Rhino. Man, that was good. Um, we're going to talk about all that good stuff tonight. Um What'd you think, Connor? What'd you think of the episode? Uh, I gotta be honest. I uh, I was excited to 
come on tonight because I thought that was a really good episode. I mean, obviously all things considered, but there's no racing going on, but that was one of the more entertaining episodes. I thought it was a great cast of characters, and, and the Rhino interview was great. Um, Anton's all right here. I, I thought it was a great episode overall. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was not at all under sure what to expect from Rhino, and we're going to get to Rhino, but um, right off the bat, Randy, first episode in a while with no quad talk, and I think you were somewhat pleased with that. Yeah, that was that was, that was one of my top five moments of the show was the non moment <laughs> of, of quad talk, and and the thing is, and and the thing is not not to go off on that too much, but people are gifted in different ways. Just because you can ride a motorcycle good doesn't mean you can ride a quad good. Just because, you know, Connor is a is an Olympic gold medalist in BMX. That that doesn't mean he could go and win uh world downhill, World Cup downhill, right? There's different disciplines and different things. So anyway, but another quad talk. Uh, that is very quad true. <laughs> <laughs> well, the quad guys have been honest. I've been getting a lot of messages over the last few weeks and emails from the quad guys appreciating the fact that they've been getting talked about. But yeah, I guess uh, I could see where some people, uh, you know, it's a moto podcast and you guys were a little, little bit over it. But um, right off the bat, Chris Kiefer, you know, his his first thing was like, I'm here for Rhino. Uh, he mentioned that a couple times tonight, so I'm looking forward to talking about Rhino. But I want to bring up the fact that, you know, when the show's getting in the opening stages of the show and Steve's introducing all the people and he's introducing his his guys, Talon and Dune Goon, he asks if the, the video's up on YouTube and Facebook, and he says he doesn't understand why anybody or who watches podcast live well i'm gonna tell you i mean i watch them live i watch pulp live for sure um it's a lot i think it's a lot more enjoyable to watch it than just listen when you can especially since i'm taking notes uh connor do you ever watch it on either of the two uh facebook or youtube yeah i i've watched pulp quite a few times on youtube a lot of the time it just depends on what's going on if i'm you know if i'm real busy i just listen to what i'm driving around or you know doing different things but you know right now i've got nothing going on so i've been watching <laughs> I've been watching more lately than typically, and there's one thing that you don't see when you're listening, and that's you know facial expressions and you know what they're kind of what they kind of, a lot of times you can hear someone say something, but when you see them say it, you can really tell what they're trying to say. So it it just adds a whole other element to the whole thing. I agree, I, and I, I'm one of those weirdos, I guess. I, I had YouTube up on the big TV, and then on my laptop I had Facebook open, and I, I'm kind of watching the comments and responding, so I'm actually watching it on both platforms, Randy. I, I'm going to guess you're probably too busy to be watching it live Monday night. I, uh, I, you know, Steve's show is so entertaining, sometimes I use it to help me go to sleep. So uh, <laughs> Okay. So. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I, I don't have my my TV's not dumb, but it's definitely not that smart. So I can't connect and watch there. This and that. I'll, I'll watch it on Facebook, uh, just on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and I do and I do agree with you, Connor. It adds another uh, level of of to your sensory. In other words, you can you can see body language, you can see the laughter. You know, when Keeper sits back in the chair and claps and says, "Let's just give it up for Rhino," right? Um, you, you you can feel so much of the per- so much more of the personality of, of, of the show and the guests and the co-hosts and what have you. So I, I, I agree. I think it, it's added value to it. So I agree. And I've said this plenty of times on here. I think it's one of the, you know, the improvements that Steve's made over the last couple of years. And I think he, he actually, I believe he understands the value of it. He, he just, 
isn't a guy that maybe watches him himself, but it's it's definitely something good. There's you know three or four hundred people I think on each platform on Monday nights, and it may mm-hmm. go up and down. But um, let's talk about Dean Wilson. Oh, go ahead, go right, Randy. I was I was, I was going to say from a from a sponsor perspective, um, we had an increase in our investment with the Pulp Mex platform this year, and part of that was was due to the the investment from Steve from Steve to do uh, video, and and I think that's. That's why, you know, we're, we're paid up through the rest of the year. We're, we're not one of the sponsors that, that's not paying. But anyway, no, no talk about that. But, right, right. Uh, but no, we're, we're, no we're, we're, we truly believe in his platform. Uh, I believe in his vision. And uh, I think it's awesome that he's uh, added that uh, additional value for listeners slash viewers, followers. So. Yeah. One thing to add on to that, because the schedule dark side, but one thing to add on to that that I think, you know, I don't know if they're working towards this, but one thing that could be really awesome in the future, once there's racing going on again, you know, they could get to the point where they're talking about a pass or they're talking about something going on and they're playing the highlights on the YouTube, right? So you can you can watch whatever it is that they're talking about at the same time, and it becomes a little bit more like, you know, your ESPN Sports Center sports show. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have noticed that Steve no longer has, you know, well, obviously there's no sports right now, but when before the Corona thing, he would, ha- there hasn't been like NHL in the background on the TV. It's all the sponsor, um, the sponsor logos going across because I think Dungun told me that the guests were getting distracted, but that would be a good thing that he could do. Yeah, to show some highlights or show what they're talking about. As long as they can have those ready, that's just one more thing that Travis would probably have to figure out and probably get a race for. That's yeah, he's not working right now, so he's yeah. just trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, poor yeah. guy. Talent, talent's uh, get coming on, man. He's been busted on uh, Travis a little bit, and. I like the fact that Talon's starting to get a little more personality than he was maybe you know a month or two ago. All right, totally agree. Yeah, totally Dean, agree. Dean Wilson, um, always fantastic. Uh, Randy, you you sent one of your topics was uh, the fact that they brought up Dino giving. Uh, I think it was you, Randy, uh, that, about him giving yeah. bikes away to the kids. That's something that he's done a couple times now. Um, you know, and, and all these riders have opportunities to give back, and, and Dean has done this on it on his own, and it got touched on a little bit Monday night. Um, why do why does that touch you so much? For me, it's uh, he's 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 already he's already giving back. You know what I mean? We see we see a lot of riders that that after their career is over, um, they reflect and they give back. Um, you know, and, and pay back to the sport. And he's paying forward during. In other words, you know, he's he's helping share that passion with young kids and and everything. And and to what he said himself, uh, if he as a young kid had had some one of his heroes come to the door or a top level rider come to the door and and just make their year by giving them a new bike, you know, it would mean the world to him. So I think it's great for for all of uh, all of his sponsors. Um, every single one of them, it shows his personality, and uh, I think I think this adds to him being a great human being. I know that once uh, he and his fiance get married uh, <laughs> later down the road, he's going to be a phenomenal dad if he cares that much about kids nowadays. I, I just think it's good. He's a great human being. Good point. Um, good point. And Connor, obviously, having Dean on, we want to know some of the things they talked about about you know house training going. Uh, he mentioned getting back to riding Supercross the next day, which would have been yesterday, Tuesday. Um, but really. With the beauty of Pulpamex, we get so much more than just that standard stuff. So uh, we get Chris Kiefer's 
list of his top three um, hottest moto wives because he mentioned Dean's fiance Sarah. Um, you, and you had a couple of little thoughts on that topic, and I have some thoughts as well. But go ahead. Oh yeah, absolutely. And before we go into that, too, one thing about Dean's interview that I really enjoyed, um, and Dean's always a great interview. He's he's very open and um, he's well spoken. But one thing I really enjoyed about Dean's interview is when they were telling all those stories about the uh, the closed circuit days and him and Baggett kind of oh, yeah. competing for that spot and the Bruce Stone story. And the reason I liked it so much is because everything you hear, see, listen to these days is you know what are you doing with everything going on. You know, how's the coronavirus affecting you? And and at some point, it gets hard to listen to to that same topic again and again and again. So it was really nice that for a big chunk of his interview, we were talking about stories that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that story at Freestone where he had thought he had won. Yeah. And so for me, it almost felt a little bit like, um, like I guess, normal, you know, hearing a story about a race and, and not thinking about the fact that every, everything is going on right now. So I thought that part of the interview um, was really, really entertaining as well. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I had that in my notes. The Blake Baggett stuff I thought was really great, how he kind of talked about them, you know, battling for position there and, and then the and then the race at Freestone, which I was at. Um, hey, before we continue, Connor, your phone was going in and out a little bit. Is there any way – can you get a little bit of better signal? Yeah, yeah, let me move. Is that okay. better? Uh Right now it is. We'll keep. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay. But yeah, so I do the 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 top three uh, Kiefer's top three and the wives, um, and then of course Jason Thomas comes on a little bit later and says, "Hey, I don't you know I don't like talking about riders' wives. You don't know where that may lead or may upset some people." But Connor, I think you had a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, so go ahead. Oh, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, when he when he said, "I don't like corpses," it, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the beautiful thing about uh, about food and women and, and and all that is that you can have your favorites, and there's not a right or a wrong answer because everybody's got their own. And what was inter- entertaining is listening to people describe why somebody was their favorite, right? So when Kiefer was going on about how he likes his girls with something to hold on to, whether it's the ass or the the, the side of the stomach, I believe he said, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's just funny listening to him describe what he liked about those particular choices that he made and uh, and then you know in classic jt fashion with the waffle and it was hilarious listening and i i forget how he worded it but you know he's like i he was saying i don't like talking about other riders wives and then Kiefer clips back with his whole thing about oh you're you're not saying that you're attracted to them you're just saying that you appreciate the riders story <laughs> like yeah, trying to justify it yeah yeah, he uh, he called Nicole Weimer slim thick, which I, I never had heard that term before. I think that's a good, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good term. And one of the other things he said was like, I don't, I think he said, if I caught it right, it was, I don't, or some of these girls are fallopian tubes with boobs or something. Yeah, ovaries with tubes or something. Yeah, that was gold. Yeah, Randy, I don't know if you want to comment on this topic. Uh, I, I feel like this might be something you want to stay away from. Man, I'm excited that Steve's getting that 91 CR500 back. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I have. Well, okay, well, let's move on to that. That's 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 one of my notes. We, we can. That, we was, can that, was a, that was a that was a corporate transition. How was that? I, I, I assume that's what that was. We're get, we're going to get to the 91 CR500 just a minute. So we'll move yeah. on from that topic. But the fact, you know, we we love Kiefer. We all, I think, most of us. Think he's one of the best co-hosts, and he gets beyond excited about writing women or love in general and sandwiches. Uh, and 
and his passion for those three things are second to none. Um, so yeah, again, just one of the characters of the show that we love so much. Um, all right, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, Michael Antonovich, Swap Moto Live. You know, Anton is one of those guys that he sort of doesn't, almost doesn't fit into the industry uh, mold. Well, he really doesn't fit into the industry mold, but he's super great at what he does. I, I really enjoy his opinions and his thought process, Connor, and the way he presents things. Um, I found it kind of interesting that he joked about saying he that Rhino was who he was going to be in a few years down the road. But what do you think about Anton? Yeah, Anton's great because, like you said, he doesn't fit into the mold, so he brings a completely different perspective, and he's okay with that, right? He doesn't try to be something that he's not. Um, so Anton's always always a good interview, and him and, and, and Steve played off of each other really well. Um, you know, especially when, when Steve was talking about how on a scale of Anton to, to Trump uh, and how, how <laughs> sure he thought these races were going to go. But, yeah, <clears throat> Anton's interview was, was really entertaining. Um, and, and I actually speak to Anton a little bit as well, just catching up about different things. And um, he, he's not afraid to speak his mind on what he thinks and, and just be okay with that. And that's what makes him such a good interview. Yeah, and Randy, during that conversation, you know, Steve, Steve, where he he made the comment I, that Connor just mentioned that uh, I'm somewhere between Anton and Trump. Uh, basically, he, you know, Steve's saying, you know, I I feel like we got to get back to work. Basically, at some point, these the, we have to get back to life. Businesses have to open back up, um, and and that was a sort of a funny way of Steve talking about a serious topic. You know, of really there are things that repercussions that could come possibly still from this um this virus that we've been dealing with but the reality is we got to get back to life but i think it was just a funny twist on reality yeah yeah i would agree i think so and and steve steve does have a lot of ways of of having his insight and sharing his opinion in in a comedic way or in a uh a way that 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 makes it uh humorous but yet you can absorb it and uh yeah i think it's cool um and i and i i think that given our current situation um yeah we've gotta we've gotta apply some common sense and and move forward and, and hopefully everything will be back to whatever the new normal is going to be uh yeah. soon so yeah and with this situation and I do, oh, oh, go ahead connor I was just say, and I, no, I was going to say, oh. I agree with Connor. Uh, I really like Anton. I think that he has definitely uh, a unique personality and uh, and and a really cool guy that definitely is is outside a little bit outside the typical moto industry mold. Yeah, but he has an ama- he has an amazing eye for content. His uh, what he captures is phenomenal. He adds so much value to Swap Motor Live and everything. So. Um, to, so anyway, I'm a huge fan of that guy and, and what he does within the industry. Yeah, so am I. Uh, and on this topic, you know, of the the COVID and getting back to racing, you know, there's different opinions, obviously, like on anything. Steve, you know, feels like we need to get back to racing, and you have JT, who I think I feel like is somewhat uh, coming to it from more of a business side with fly racing, and you know, well, hey, there's still these dangers. Um, he would like to see the series have fans in the stands, you know, that's better for fly racing. That's better for all the sponsors. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Connor, like, what are your thoughts? Uh, who do you agree with? What do you, what points are you, do you think are most valid? Yeah, that's, that's some of the, the beauty of the, the content on this particular show is that you had three people with three different opinions and each of them had a different reason for why they would have that. Opinion. You know, as a media guy, 
it doesn't necessarily, and I'm only saying this because I think, I don't know for sure, but as a media guy like Steve or like Anton, you can write, you can cover, you can do all these things, whether or not there's fans in the stands. But from JT's perspective, looking at it from Fly Racing's investment as a sponsor, then they need numbers there to, to see their product to, to you know, activate with. So it's just interesting getting both sides of that coin. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's necessarily a right or a wrong answer because whichever way you go, you know, you're going to be hurting somebody. Um, but it was just interesting hearing them kind of debate on which which of those things makes the most sense. And I think at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to money, regardless of, of what side you're on, whether you're media like Anton or Steve, or whether you're a business like Fly, or whether you're Feld. And they're going to all have to figure out what makes the most money for the most people or what loses the least amount, I guess is a better way to put it, for the, for the most people. And and like they talked about on the show this week and last and the week before, it seems like everybody's doing a really good job of working together and coming together as an industry and not just looking out for what's best for their particular interest. And it'll be fun to kind of follow how that that trend continues as we get closer and closer back to the races. Yeah. Uh, Randy, one of the comments Steve made on this topic, too, he was he said, you know, he's kind of getting to a point where he thinks that, like, hey, if I'm Davey Coombs, I basically say, you know, screw you guys, we're going racing. Um, that's a pretty bold statement. Obviously, a lot, it'd be a lot more bold if Davey said it. But um, what do you think about that? Because it is a business. And like Connor just said, you know, there's going to be somebody there, – there's somebody's going to maybe get hurt from this um, on the financial side – Everybody has to be looking out for themselves. You work for Michelin. You know all about that. I'm sure you guys are having some struggles mm-hmm. to some degree right now. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that the, the the unique situation within, quote, the industry or, or racing in general is that um, unlike America right now, we, 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 we have two entities that are divided with strong differences of opinion. Yeah. Right? So uh, I, I sarcastically say that because – uh, you have you have the promoters running the Outdoor National, which is you know its own series, and then you have those uh, running the Supercross, which are trying to finish up their series, and it's its own series. And they they, they you know they, they they to a certain extent see one another, support one another, but then again they're their own individual entities. And uh, um, each each person, each entity, they're looking out for themselves. Um, you know, I think if if ever there's a time for people within the motorcycle industry to work together to do what's best overall i think now's that time right and uh and and someone someone commented the other day i saw on some social media feed something about about davy or you know do you think davy listens to the fans or whatever um i think davy coombs absolutely does because i think he's i don't think there's anyone that's a bigger fan of racing than than that guy right so that's true yeah. i think he and the i think he and his entire family um are probably uh would be willing to work with and work around and and do what's best for both series you know but uh but that's just my feeling uh, uh the only thing i hope is i hope that 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 we get back to some normal racing and and some bar banging and and talk about that and 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 not a virus yeah, I'm ready for it, for sure. I think we all are. And I know, Connor, you know, I'm going to jump off the pulp subject just for a minute. Um, you know, you, you also have some training that you you need to be doing. You have some big, uh, war, you know, state or national championships that were supposed to be this year. Um, I don't know if those things have been moved around. There's Olympic tryouts. There's a lot going on in your world um, that – 
probably is a little bit stressful maybe for you. A little bit. How's that been going? What's your schedule look like once this thing gets back to, to normal? Well, the Olympics being postponed from this year to next year is the first time in the history of the world that the Olympics has been postponed. So that just tells wow. you, you know, the gravity of what we're dealing with here. And with the Olympics getting postponed, you know, every single event that we've had that was between um, March and now through to July has been completely scrapped, canceled, and possibly postponed. We have no idea when they're going to be able to compete again. Mm. Um, but the biggest difference between us and Supercross, or motor, I guess we're a little more similar to motocross because we don't have a TV package that generates a bunch of revenue. So I find that whole side of it really interesting. So for us, we can't have events until we can have mass numbers. Because oh, okay. Everybody makes their money off of entry fees and gate and you know, things like that. Um, so that's where the the TV package comes in handy for the the, the Supercross side of things because they can get their events going sooner because they don't need the numbers. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just like everybody else, you know. I'm just you know, Steve's talking about sponsors not paying him. I've had sponsors that are basically deferring the contract and saying, hey, we can't pay you now, but we'll tack on extra months on the back end. Um, you know, I can't, I'm not working at the moment. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as a lot of the general public to an extent. And, um, you know, I, I still work with Christian Craig and um, talking to, to, to him about some of the stuff. Like, we're going through the same thing. It's really hard to get up and train when you don't know what you're training for and all the uncertainty of the whole thing. And it's just, you know, it's just stuff that, we're not alone as athletes in dealing with this. Everybody in the whole world is dealing with this to an extent. Yeah, it's it's scary right now. Um, I, I, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to keep working, but um, it's 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 a scary time. But I think it, being the strong com- uh, country that we are, we'll get it all figured out. Come back and. We'll uh, we'll get you another gold medal, or you'll get yourself another gold medal. Not we, yeah, no, we <laughs> we we will get you another gold medal, and uh, we'll get back to Supercross. But hey, before we continue, I want to thank Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Motorsports.com for all being on board with uh, the Pulpamex Wrap Up Show. I want to thank all the other Pulpamex sponsors. All you got to do is go to Pulpamexshow.com, click on the links, support the sponsors, so use the the discount codes. Uh, get out and support this, these shows because all the shows, industry seating, Kiefer Inc., testing, uh, you know, we need the sponsors and we appreciate you guys helping us out. So we want to keep these things going. Um, and Connor, I know you, uh, you had texted me earlier. You, you're looking maybe to get some, uh, Michelin bicycle tires, huh? <laughs> well, I, I've been, I don't have time to do it cause I'm riding the BMX bike so much, but you know, on the mountain bike today, I was actually texting, uh, Michael and Steve over the weekend and, uh, yeah, might have to get some some Michelin tires and keep it in the family. I think you do. I uh, I I think I know a guy. I, I, know a guy. <laughs> I hope so. I'd like to <laughs> we, see. We that. can make that happen. You know, you know, and and, and I, I I wish I'd have known that. I, I had to, uh, even though I'm working from home, been working from home since I got back from Bike Week. Uh, I went into the office today to ship uh, one of our other elite elite mountain bike athletes, uh, Pookie Mathis. I shipped her some tires today and, and threw a couple in there for Steve while I was at it. So uh, I went to the office today. So maybe we, maybe we can make that happen sometime, Connor, for sure. That would be awesome. I would appreciate that. Yeah, ho- ho- I think Pookie, once she figures out that whole shifting thing, um, we'll, she'll, be, she'll be up there uh, going for some downhill nat- world championships herself. Um, I'm sure you're planning on getting to that, but that that last five minutes was some of the best of the entire show. Yeah, I agree. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so hey, I got I got a question for both of you guys, um, and I'm going to ask you this you first, Randy, because you know Steve so well. 
why the hell is Steve so irritable and grumpy? Why why does he have a problem with the sweet old man playing the organ, which is actually I think an accordion at Batista's? I don't I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely uh, Steve calls it an organ. I guess that's uh, accordion to where you grow up because he's from Canada, <laughs> so I blame that's it on good. that. Um, he, uh, you know, I don't know. He talks about the ambiance. It, it comes back to difference of taste, right? What, what Connor was talking about, the difference in women, difference in food, difference in whatever people think. Um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of with him on that. I don't. It's a little bit bothersome to me, uh, whether it's the the, the mariachi band, the Mexican restaurant, or what have you. It's just it's just not what it's just not my vibe. So um, maybe I'm maybe I'm a grumpy old uh, Carolinian while he's a grumpy old uh, Canadian. Who knows? Yeah, you guys are just both grumpy. Connor, what about you, man? I'm here at a romantic <laughs> you're at a romantic dinner at Batista's with your 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 uh, chick, and the guy comes up. And he's playing sweet music on the beautiful accordion. I mean, come on, how can you get irritated at that? You know, it's funny he mentioned Batista's because I've never been. I live in Las Vegas as well. Um, I've never been to that restaurant, but I have heard other people talking highly of it. So I'm going to definitely have to put that on my post-lockdown list of places to check out. Um, But as to why he's so irritable, I don't know. I do have a theory or an idea. Um, I think when uh, when you're dealing with people that are sending you so many messages every day and just so there's great things in it, but so often, as you hear with people calling in, just asking dumb shit or just, you know, people <laughs> saying really dumb things to you. And you have to deal with that all day long in your public figure dealing with that. I get irritable when I get 10 messages from, from people that are, I think are dumb. I couldn't imagine having to deal with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of people sending you dumb shit all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I Man, I don't want to give him any, like, uh, leeway, though, on this because... Cause he no no don't yeah he he complains he's just a jerk. he he's complains just a jerk. too much I'm sick of him complaining you know <laughs> going riding with Talon and he's complaining he goes rides with Kiefer he's complaining I mean yes I I love the fact that he's back on a bike and he's getting that passion back but you know you can't only be happy to ride at Western that's the only place that I love to ride. And only in the morning when it's perfectly prepped and no one else is there. Come the f on, Steve. Like live, we're know, living life. Enjoy it. I'm gonna put this. Uh, I'll put this in, in some some keeper terms. That's like only doing missionary under the covers, and that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy. <laughs> All right, Randy. The '91 CR500. Why does this make you so happy? Uh, for me. Uh, I being an older older guy and and thinking back to bikes I've had and 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 bikes I've been able to get back into my you know that I've had in the past what have you um, that emotional connection to it uh, I think it's awesome uh, Steve when Steve shared with me some few weeks ago about that bike and kind of told me a little bit about the backstory um, to what he to what he talked about about losing that bike um, and regaining it. I just think it's phenomenal. Uh, I think it's so cool. Um, I'm sitting here in my living room looking at a 1971 Yamaha Mini Enduro, which is the exact same year, make, model as as my first ever motorcycle. That thing means the world to me, dude. Um, so for Steve to get back his bike uh, that he rode, I, I, I've already uh, you know arranged to send him tires for it. I hope he gets the thing you know running, tuned up, goes through it, and uh, and rides it. I, I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, I, I definitely, when he mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, that a listener had found it, and I, I, I was excited for the guy because I uh, I had a chance. I bought my very first bike I ever bought with my own money was a 93 CR250. I was in my senior year in high school. Sold the bike years in 95 and, and like maybe around 2000, I, this bike pops back up in my town. I know it's my bike and I tried buying it from the guy and he wouldn't sell it. And like that, I wanted it so bad. So I, I kind of relate like the, the fact that he was able yeah. to get that back. That's, that's really cool. It's a good story. Um, so good for him on that one. Hopefully that'd be something to keep him happy and he won't turn grumpy about it at some point. Um, Okay, so I got some other things I want to touch on, but I'm going to skip ahead real quick to to the highlight because we're a little short on time. Ryan Hughes, um, to me, this was the absolute highlight of the whole show. I said earlier, I was not sure what to expect because he's one of those guys, especially when you hear Steve talk about it a lot in all his posts, you kind of think, man, he's a little cuckoo. And maybe he is a little cuckoo, but quite honestly, I came away from this interview thinking, it kind of makes sense. Um, what did you think, Randy? Uh, he, he does make sense, but then sometimes he, sometimes he talks in square circles that gets me lost. You know what I mean, <laughs> I don't know circles, if he was talking like about it. that. If yeah, if if you're in the now, it's where I am, and here's where I am. So therefore, that's where I have to be. And you know, it, it's uh, I don't know. I thought at one point he was going to say he could close one eye and keep one open, so he could taste what he was hearing. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I got I got I got lost in it. But but what I, what I will say is, you know. Rhino, I think, is a much uh, he's a much calmer and and a genuine dude. Um, he may he may be on a different page. Yeah. Um, that 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 may be in a different book, right? But but uh, but there's a lot of depth to him. There's a lot of life experience to him. Um, and I I thought it was really cool him sharing uh, the pain that he's been through in his life, um, physical pain, and uh, you know. Uh, Racing career pain, relationship pain. You know, I've, I've broken a lot of bones. Uh, I've been through a divorce, things like that. So for him to 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 be a man, you know, and and communicate and share those things, dude. I, his transparency is refreshing, and uh, he's a great follow. And and uh, I mean, I appreciate what he shared for sure. Yeah, I agree, Connor. There's a few things he said that really stood out. One of the things like Randy just touched on. He said. You know, you think you work hard now. People say, like, oh, I work hard now. And you don't basically wait till you're done. You know, talking about at a professional athlete level, wait till you're done and you don't have that anymore, basically. And the regrets, um, you know, he mentioned not talk, taking the deal with Mitch, but those regrets, those are the things that um, some of these guys, when they get to this, the second part of their life, basically, after they're professional athletes, it's such a struggle. And him, him working through that, you know, and he made the comment, needing some time, I needed some time to not chase, which is why he was in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what Randy was touching on. Very deep, and you could hear those hurt, but I think he's working on himself and trying to share that with the world, whether it's a weird way he does it or not. Uh, I, I really took a lot from that interview. Yeah, you know, and I, um, I got to be honest, I kind of thought he was a bit kooky. I only ever saw his Instagram. I've never met the guy. I never talked to him. Never heard of interviews. And if you've only taken a face value for what he puts out there, some of it does seem a bit odd and a bit different. But hearing him interviewed, he makes a lot more sense, you know. And whether it's whether it's something that I would do myself or that I bring in, he can back up why he was doing everything. And um, mm-hmm. they did a good job of just letting him talk. 
right? He like during that period of the interview, it was him talking ninety percent of the time, and um, you know he, he kind of backed up all the different things really well that he's doing and why he does in this way. And a, a lot of it was there's there was little nuggets of gold in there, without a doubt. Um, you know, talking about when you retire and that, it, it's something that I could relate to because at the moment I'm kind of getting a taste for it because mm. I can't do anything, right? I'm 27, I'm no spring second, I'm towards the end of my career. It's, and it's something that it's kind of, I was able to listen to, like, huh, all right, like, it's something that you got to be ready for, you know? And um, that part was really was really good. And I also liked a lot of what he was talking about um, when he was talking about, like, the speed builds the flow, and then the flow builds the it. Like when he was talking about all of the layers and the levels to it, mm-hmm. um, if you could figure out a way to simplify that, because athletes need things really simple, you don't want to overcrowd their brain. But if you, they're not speaking from experience, but if we could figure <laughs> out a way to simplify what he's saying in a shorter form, I think that he's he's really on to something in that category now. Other categories, I'm not so sure, but in that one in particular, I think he's, he's on to something. Yeah, how about this, Connor? So as a professional athlete, the the thing he said, like riders do in moto especially, is they, they focus on the bad days, right? Like they don't think about maybe they have a good day and they're just like, all right, we celebrate and it's gone, but the bad days stay with them. And you really need to focus on the good days and figure out why that day was good. And he mentioned, you know, whether, what did you eat? Uh, you know, what, 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 who'd you talk to? What happened that day that led up to this? And what, what were the pieces of the puzzle? Uh, and I found that pretty interesting because he's right. You know, as a humans, we are kind of a negative species you know like you know life's always bad you, you forget these positive things that happen throughout the day and i i really like that that comment that he made that was one of my favorite things he said if you win it's high fives have a pizza and see you later you know so we're more focused on some of the bad times than we are the good times so because those are the times that almost kind of make us grow you know but a racer should really when he has a good day sit down for five minutes and wonder why yeah absolutely you know from from that perspective, it's just if you think about this, and Randy, as a, as a business owner, if you get 100 product reviews and 99 of them are five stars and one of them is a one-star product review and says it's the worst tire they've ever used, you know, what do you focus on? You, It's just human nature. You, you worry about the one bad review that you get. You don't focus on the 99. And from the athlete perspective, it's the same sort of thing. It's, you know, you could have a great day. You're crushing it the entire day. And you make one rock go or whatever it is, and that ruins the whole day. But instead of focusing on the 99 things you did well, you focus on the one you did bad. And it's the same thing when it comes to, you know, a season. You know, you look at all the races or whatever, and you had a couple of bad races, but the vast majority were good. It's a lot easier to focus on the bad ones. But he's correct with what he's saying, that you don't just need to harp on the bad days and look at the bad days and try to figure out. That's the first thing athletes do when things go wrong. is try to figure out what they did wrong, how they can fix it, mm-hmm. and how to not let it happen again. But they're not as quick when things go well to sit down and say, okay, what did I do well mentally? What did I do well emotionally? What did I do well tactically? And how do I repeat these processes to continue doing them again and again and again? And so he's correct in what he's saying. Well, it's something, you know, being part of the Olympic team that we have access to, you know, some of the best sports psychologists in the world. And that's something that I've heard before. Um, so he's not alone in his thinking. Yeah, and, and like you guys said earlier, I I really like that they let this interview kind of go. Like they're you know Steve didn't interrupt him, um, 
because he, he, he was getting a little deep. And, you know, it almost could have turned into a joke if they had handled it a certain way, uh, Randy. But I think they were very respectful of what he was saying. And um, I think for the most part, watching the social media stuff, like I said, on Facebook and YouTube, everybody else was getting something from it, too, at least the comments I was seeing. So I think this was a really good something that down the road that we could look back on is really one of the better interviews of the year, possibly from Pulp. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, so, so really insightful. And to what Connor was saying, uh, Reiner does a great job of, of, of breaking down the, the point about focusing on what you did well, right? Cause to, to what you said, we, we, uh, like I have a Randyism that we can't learn from our mistakes until we make them. Right. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but you, you can't, you, yeah, but you, you just got you got to look at it, learn from it and move on. Right. Focus on the positive. So, so I agree with Rhino there. And, and one of the other things I think, I think, uh, or that I found really insightful that he shared was, um, <clears throat> people focus on fitness. Well, you, first you have to focus on technique. Once you develop the technique, right. Technique develops speed and then, uh, fitness, uh, you know, gives you that speed for a sustained amount of time. And yeah. I thought that was super cool. Um, to the to to talk about working on that, and he could take uh, Colton off or whatever, and and his level of riding and improve it by improving his technique, right? So uh, so insightful. Uh, so it's good, yeah, great interview, and I'm glad they let him let him uh, speak his mind and share his thoughts and share his passion for where he's at now in life, uh, yep. which is uh, a, a culmination of where all he's been and what all he's done. So absolutely agree. Um, last thing on Rhino Connor. What what are these two chickens he's talking about? Well, I I don't know. Do you know what he's talking about? I think it's a metaphor for his two girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I was trying to throw right. you a softball. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he's yeah. living uh, every man's dream, right? Well, every man's dream, but also every man's nightmare at the same time. <laughs> Steve Steve said two chicks. That's cool. And what about the chicks, Rhino? Who are these chicks? <laughs> Where, where'd you meet? These? Like, I, I got a sense, like. Right. You know, you and these chicks are growing close over there in Hawaii. Like two chicks. That's that's cool. Definitely 100 percent the giver guy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay. So yeah, five's too many. I don't. I don't stop until the finish line until the checkered flag comes out. Okay. So a couple of things I want to hit on real quickly before we wrap this thing up. Uh, the topic of Jason Anderson leaving Baker's Factory. And uh, Steve mentioned a story, Randy, you're an industry guy. You may know something about this. I'd heard this before on Pulp, so Steve's brought this up before, that some of the guys in the past at Baker's Factory didn't want Dean Wilson there. Um, That's a topic that came up while talking about Jason Anderson leaving Baker's and that opening spot. Um, Any thoughts as to why? Because Dino is like, I thought he's loved by everybody. Uh, no, I wouldn't, uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't have anything to, to add to that at all. I would think that, uh, I would think, you know, uh, uh, has a personality that fits in with so many different people. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have anything to add to that, but so yeah, it's just something that he said more than once over the, you know, I don't know, a years or year or two that I kind of like, that's interesting <laughs> because I, I could almost see them not wanting Jason Anderson there maybe, but like not wanting Dean seems very strange to me. I wish he would elaborate on that. So Steve, if you listen to this. Elaborate on that. Um, okay, so Steve says he only watches his bike every other ride, Connor. Um, I know you you don't really go out and ride moto very often, but is that is that okay? I don't think it's okay. I mean, I just – I all I can picture is a bunch of mud just caked on the bike and then going back out the second time around and it's all – you know, if, if you say that he, he only watches it every other time, but then at the same time he's also saying he only goes out with – watered and it's prepped and it, you know and all that 
that it's going to get dirty, real dirty. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but at the same time, you know what? He's, he's a mechanic, or he used to be a mechanic. So if he says that it's safe, then it just becomes a, a preferential thing. And, you know, what are you going to do? Some people like pizza, some people like hamburgers, some people like dirty dirt bikes, some people like clean ones. Fair enough. What do you think, Randy? You're you're a longtime rider. Uh, yeah, I I I I prefer I prefer to, to clean the bike up after each ride. Um, but at the same time, if you spend too much time pressure washing and uh, getting uh, getting bearings watered waterlogged and bogged down, and you can mess up some linkages, you can mess up some stuff like that. So uh, to each their own. You know what I mean? I'm not going to fault someone they show up with a dirty bike. Yeah. I, I am Steve. Wash your bike, bro. I mean, I, you you get deals on on filters, so you know you have the you've got the pro filters, so that's easy enough. That's the worst part of cleaning your bike after the ride to me is you know having to change a filter if you if you get it wet if you don't cover it. So you're golden, man. Pressure wash it. You got the Karcher pressure washers right there sponsoring you. You got to do it every time, Steve. Every time. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with you. I'd rather change tires than change the air filter. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Actually, I'm pretty quick on a, a filter on tires. I'm terrible at it. so, and I don't have anybody bringing pizza over to change a tire. Which that was, a, you know. All right, the bullfrogs back in the day. Yeah. yeah, the bullfrog spa is there. They have it. Uh, we may get a segment in the in the water. Um, pretty excited about that. Although Steve now is a little bit grumpy about having to check the the chlorine pH levels, Connor. Here we go again. You know, I, sometimes I wonder if he really is that grumpy or if it's all for the show. Um, I, I, yeah. But you know, if I got a free hot tub, I'll be happy to can, can check the chlorine levels. No worries. If Bullfrog wants to swap that thing out for somewhere he'll complain a bit less, yeah, you know, send it my way. I won't complain one bit. Yeah, and and I'll pay Talon twenty five bucks to come check it. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. I'm damn thirty five. All right, all right, uh, Randy. Here's a, another um, moment where I laughed out loud. Steve complaining about with Talon about the riding area, and uh, Talon talking about how it really wasn't that bad. He made it easy on Steve, and then Kiefer comes in with a story of riding out in the desert with Steve, and Steve freaking out because Kiefer got a little too far away. Uh, and, and and the story related to something that happened with Talon. And here we go again. Steve getting a little grumpy. He's out riding and freaks out because he's afraid he's going to get lost. <laughs> yeah, that's just, uh, you know, he's got to have a little bit more of a sense of adventure, I think. Exactly. Um, I think so. And and I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I can assure you this, uh, uh, all the listeners, if I get a chance to co-host in there when there's that uh, hot tub, uh, that pH level is going to have a lot more pee in it, so uh, I promise you that. <laughs> right on, poor Pookie. I'll hook, I'll hook him right up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all exactly right. right. <laughs> well, I just sometimes with Steve, I really do think a lot of it is for the show, but at, also at times I think he, uh, like we just, I talked about a minute ago, he's kind of seeing the negative on certain things instead of just being happy. Like the dude got a, a, a bitching deal on a bullfrog spa, you know, smart tops. He's uh, his, the sponsors of his show and the sponsors of other people in the industry who really enjoy and appreciate what Steve does as a media person and what his show brings gives him really good deals. And, you know, he gets a lot of cool stuff, gets to go do a lot of cool stuff. And sometimes he focuses on the negative um, again, it very well may be the Howard Stern effect. You know, Howard's always been known as, you know, being negative about just about everything, doesn't want to leave his house, complains, complain, complain. 
but some of that is probably show material. So maybe we'll give him a little bit of a break, but I would like to hear a little more enjoyment out of him. I just want to see him. I want the man to be happy. Um, all right. Last, I last, think he's happy. What's that? Uh, I think he's happy. I think he's happy. Happier than he was, Tom. I think you're probably right. I wish, but I would like him to, to acknowledge that some more on the show sometimes. Okay, Kiefer after dark. We're not going to get too in detail, Randy, so we can keep the corporate hat on. Um, a couple of the t- the emails or calls were interesting. We have a dude that hates children, hates the idea of children, Connor. Um, well, I'm going to go to Randy first because you uh, you are the adopted father of a, a son, um, and your yeah. love for your son is so evident on your social media when you talk about him. Um, I, I cannot relate to a guy that just hates children. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't either. You know, I, I had a, a someone I used to work with would travel a lot, and and uh, and and that traveled with a lot. And the guy would always would get on airplanes, and he would say, "Hey, you know, they shouldn't have kids on flights. They shouldn't let kids on flights. They shouldn't let kids on flights." And the kids are so annoying. Kids are so annoying. So I asked him one day. I said, "What was it? What was it like being born as an adult?" <laughs> right. right? Cause, cause, yeah. Yeah. So you were never a kid. You were never that. But um, and I think. <laughs> For me, I, 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 children are challenging at times. That's for sure. Uh, they're an amazing blessing, but they're challenging at times. The only thing that I would say is, is if you are a person in life who who doesn't want or like the idea of kids, for God's sake, please take the necessary steps to ensure that you don't end up with one. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. True. Because uh, and and by that mean by that by that I mean preventative. I don't mean uh, after conceiving one. I mean to not to not create one. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. You know, I I I, uh, I I as much as I love my son and 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 like like animals in general, I don't want a dog or a cat in my house. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to fault Steve and Pookie that they love and and foster animals. I think that's great that they do that. So to each their own. You know. Good point. And the reason I bring this up was with the uh, "grill your ass off" key for after dark segment. Um, even though the, the topic or the, the comments from the emailer surprised me, Kiefer, you know, still always gives good advice. This is probably his favorite time of the show. Um, you know, and he, he really likes the, the, the sex questions, but even when it comes to something like this, he, he gives good advice, Connor. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's a good segment. It, we, we all can get some entertainment out of it also, but, uh, it works. Yeah, my favorite part about this segment is when you get the people that go all in and describe their life as a dirt bike scenario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There, yeah. It wasn't me that this week. Like, if they were a little bit into it or whatever, but it wasn't quite the same as when they do the entire thing. Um, but, yeah, it was a good segment. Um, the, it was hard to talk about what happened at the end, you know, when, when, <laughs> when Steve was referring when Steve was referring to Pookie. But, um Wait, wait, yeah, Pookie. It was, uh, I th- it was entertaining as always. I like that it wasn't super long. Uh, it was, you know, 15 minutes. It wasn't It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It was kind of that sweet spot in the amount of time I'd, I'd want to listen to that. Yeah, and Randy, so Connor just, uh, you know, brought up the, the point or the, the topic of the Pookie uh, debate where Steve was talking about Pookie, you know, not being able to shift gears. And it, and it was funny because Andy from Husqvarna, Jumped in all of a sudden. He he was kind of wearing his corporate hat and was out on Kiefer After Dark until this topic, and he jumped mm-hmm. in. 
Um, and what was amazing, Randy, was all of a sudden a first time long long time caller calls in that can relate to this topic. <laughs> um, I don't know yeah. what the the odds are of that coincidence happening, but definitely one of the better topics on a Kiefer After Dark. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's good. And uh, and 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 what I would uh, what I, a couple things I'd point on. Whether someone, I agree with you, Connor, that when people reference their their situation relationship-wise or or what have you and tie it into a dirt bike, if they've got a factory bike versus an old bike they used to ride, that's funny to me. I like how people do that. Um, But the key thing is is what Chris very, very often, regardless of what the situation is, it comes back to communication between two people, right? So you have to be open. You have to communicate. And I like the way Chris ties into that. It may be a sexual question uh but he ties it back into communication which is cool and then uh yeah as far as the caller if i ever get a chance to to meet that caller and and she uh talks about gearing changes and everything i might help her make a margarita and then and show her <laughs> when the blender how how that you know you can bog the blender down if you're in the wrong gear but if you're in the right gear it'll help uh it'll help make that margarita so uh there you that go. might help her understand that that random caller that might help her understand uh, the gearing challenges that she's facing right now. That's a good point. Uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to meet this random caller. We know that uh, in this industry at different events that happen sometimes. So hopefully that'll work out and hopefully her, uh, her pedals will no longer be too noodly. Um, Connor, if your pedal, Connor, if your pedals ever gone noodly on the BMX track. Uh, yeah. Uh, Say it again, so let me double check. I heard you right. I said, have your pedals ever gone too noodly on the BMX track? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they've ever gone too noodly that I can remember. That was what the caller said. Yeah, that was what the, the yeah. caller said. I think that was actually, and, was, that, was that her or was that Andy's wife that had said that? It might no, have been. that was the that was the, the caller. That was the caller. Okay. Well, yeah. either way, that that was a a very good description. I one hundred percent knew what she was talking about. Um, so, yeah, all on board. But anyway, all right, we're gonna wrap this episode of uh, the Pulpamex Show up four twenty three. Um, another great episode, guys. Randy and Connor, I certainly appreciate you guys coming on and helping me out. Um, I want to thank again Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Motosport.com for all their support, everything they do. You can find Michelin Bicycle Tires and Guts Racing Seat Covers at motorsport.com. Use the pulp code. And uh, please, if you guys are still listening to this, support or tell Steve, send emails, let him know that you guys like it. And next on the next show, there will be a new episode of Hello Pookie. Guys, thanks for so much for coming on, and I think that's a wrap. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks a lot. All right, Randy. Thank you. Later. Bye. Bye. Why would you want to re-talk about the pulp show? Sitting at me